all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. We are all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard, it's what you make of it, but what if only struggle surrounds you, what can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair, please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through, just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see, you are not alone, you have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know, but if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up, because you got this. Think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I am your host, Danielle Boer, as always. Oh, woohoo! I'm excited about today's guest. She is awesome and brave. She's awesome. So, Jillian, Abby, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm still trying to, um, as I'm sitting here and my armpits are sweating, I'm trying to wrap my head around you calling me brave, but thank you. Yes, today I'm going to be brave. You are. I'm (laughs) excited. Well, you'll find out why she's brave in a second. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? please? Absolutely. So I jokingly call myself a Jill of all trades. Um, (laughs) I started out my professional career as a certified public accountant and was auditing a coal mine in Alabama. And then I became a licensed massage therapist. And then I became a craft beer bar owner with with my uh, husband at the time. And then through the joy that is therapy, Uh, at 38 years old, I was finally able to accept that I was a lesbian. And so I came out and uh, now, now my life, um, I have, I'm an author. Uh, My memoir, Perfectly Queer is coming out from Hay House Publishing. Uh, And I write full time that for companies, helping them, helping people tell their stories. So there is a a quick flash of the last 20 plus years of my life. Um, first of all, amazing. Cause mine would have been 20 minutes <laughs> and then, blah, 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 and then no. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. So 
here's why I say that you are brave. Because how, like, how do you go on and just, like, living... Okay, when I've interviewed other people, I'm going to try to figure out how to say it. They feel like they had masks on or they weren't living their true selves. And it's really mentally exhausting, they said. So how did you survive that? Like, what did you do to keep yourself going? That is a fabulous question. And I'm going to chalk it up to not so much bravery, but the uh, powerful force that is perfectionism and people pleasing. So had you asked me 20 years ago um, about my identity and how I identified, or like, did I feel like I was wearing a mask 20 years ago? I would have very boldly said, no, absolutely not. I know who I am. I love myself and my life is perfect. Um, it's interesting that I didn't realize the weight of the mask until I took it off. Like wow. I didn't know it was there so much until I, as, as I mentioned, until I went through therapy and was finally able to say, you know what, I recognize this part of myself. I love this part of myself and I accept this part of myself. And then with much more therapy over the years <laughs> af afterwards, I realized that I had slowly fallen into depression um, and with depression and masking come other coping mechanisms as unhealthy, um, maladaptive coping mechanisms. So for me, coming out wasn't just coming out as gay. It was um, a total life shift back to health and back to, you know, physical health, mental health, um, and really starting to live my life for who I was and not who I thought I should be to everyone. Wow. So you said a couple of deep things um, that have like a deeper meaning and I mean, could per it's really just pertains to everything but yeah so you didn't know until you took it off that that was really even a mask so and that's that's hard to hear as a person it kind of made me emotional yeah. a little bit um because everybody can relate to that I think with lots of things and sure. so it does make me like feel so happy for you now but sad for you before and I have lots of friends that have gone through the same thing and they've came out but it's not just about that again I was in domestic abuse relationships and mm. then when I lost my brother and I like was living in this two-person life of myself like I had to put on a facade but I was really miserable yeah. And um, I had to keep taking care of my kids. I had to do this. Right. And then I went to school and then I'm da, 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 da. But on the yeah. inside, I couldn't even hear certain noises and I would freak out. And yeah. like, so, yeah, it's really, I don't know. It's making me, I, I'm a wimp. It's making well, me emotional. But no, I'm, you're not a wimp. But especially, you know, what you brought up as a mother too, I think, or yeah. anyone who, who's socialized as a mother or a parent, we 
we have to keep our shit together for the kids or we try to as much as possible. And I think sometimes we can be so convincing in our story that we're fine. We're fine. This is fine. Um, that we don't realize how strong we're having to be. And that's the thing, just to clarify, like I knew my, my first memory of being attracted, um, to another girl was in third grade. Wow. Um, there are so many points writing this, writing the book. Uh, and, and I highly encourage anyone, whether you ever want to publish someday or not, it's fascinating to write your own story and to kind of connect the dots back to so many things, um, Mm -hmm. in your life. And so looking back, there's so many times where I'm like, holy crap, Jillian, like, how did you not know? Because for so long, I knew what my attraction was and I wouldn't admit that it was an actual attraction. It was just kind of like, huh, isn't that interesting? Huh? I wonder why I want to be in her energy. (laughs) Um, while still trying to make myself be interested or date guys. And like I said, I got, I got married. I was in that relationship. That was my first serious boyfriend. We were together for 20 years. He's awesome. We were best buds. I mean, um, and that's the thing. I think that's what makes it so hard and why I didn't so much realize the mask because I did everything that the story tells us we're supposed to do to have that, that perfect life, that happy life. Um, and in a lot of ways, my life was really happy. I loved the person I was with, loved our kids. It was fun and hard and weird parenting. Um, and yet I still, it was like this hollowness inside this emptiness inside of, is this it, is this what it's supposed to feel like? Like, is this what life is supposed to feel like? Yeah. And I, and I couldn't, or I wouldn't admit that last piece of why things felt so off for me, but we all have things. It's not just, it's not just a queerness thing. It's like, there's sometimes where we have to be so strong that we convince ourselves that the things that aren't okay, or the things that are misaligned, aren't really misaligned. It's not really a problem. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. And that's why I brought up like domestic violence because people say Mm. like why'd you stay so long what happened why would you deal with this and blah 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 blah. and you don't realize how bad it is until you go away and you're like holy crap like whoa like (laughs) and um I um actually somebody interviewed me for a radio show and she read stuff out loud and then I started crying and she said how do you feel hearing your story and I was like holy moly like it's a lot (laughs) and yeah to like even when I go back like I didn't talk about any of this I mean I always tell people my business not business business but I talk a lot right so whatever but I don't tell people those deep down secrets of like things that happen that's just not a normal conversation right so <laughs> yeah like that's not you know, normal. And, and yet that's my life now like let's deep dive into uh... I know I know it's yeah. weird but yeah. yeah once I started the podcast I'm like I'm putting my business out on the streets mm-hmm. and it was because I want to help people that's the only yeah. reason why I'm just like spooning out everything um but yeah so 20 years holy moly a long time how did let's ask how he responded first first of all how did you even 
tell him and then how did he react to it and then we'll ask about the kids yeah um whew. um so it i go into detail in this a lot in mm-hmm. my book and i actually um when i was recording the book it was the first time i've ever read the chapter without crying i mean i can Aww. feel it coming up right now because I think a lot of people, um, when you come out later in life, there's a lot of people who assume that you're bored in your relationship or you just want to change, or this is just a fad or you're, you know, uh, it's midlife crisis. That's what I heard a lot from people. And I don't know that they necessarily, it's really hard when we have to make a choice and we know it's going to hurt someone we love. Yeah. And yet it's still the right choice to make. And so I came out in a craniosacral therapy session where I could finally say, okay, I am a lesbian and I can't mask this any longer. Um, the benefit I had is that I didn't have a person. So I just knew who I was. I, I was pretty confident in what my attraction was, but I didn't have anyone I was looking to date or have a relationship with. So I had the gift of time. And so I decided that I would take my time. And when I felt ready, I would tell my, my ex, my husband at that time, um, what was going on. What I didn't realize is that, um, and my, my podcast co-host educated me on this. She's a brilliant Mormon woman with her PhD. It's called the, it's called the identity discovery gap. And so when there is a large discrepancy between who you know yourself to be and then the person that you're putting out there in the world, um, it can start to cause some real problems. And so in that period of time, I started having insomnia. I was living off of espresso and uh, whiskey, espresso in the morning and whiskey at night, Mm. um, really in a dissociative fog, mostly throughout the day. And so when it got to the day where I finally came out to my spouse, it's not necessarily because I wanted to, it's because physically my health was declining so much and mentally it was declining so much that I thought I was at the point where I was like, if I don't tell him, I don't know how much longer I'll be on this earth. Um, So we, (laughs) to complicate matters, we ran a small business together. Yeah. That the was rated business. right. And it was rated one of the best mom and pop shops in the area. Oh. Um, and uh we were closed for business. He and I were having a business meeting, and as soon as I walked in, I started shaking and the tears were pouring out of my eyes. Um, and that he was getting really concerned because I'm usually a pretty even keel person, and so yeah. he was like, uh, what's going on? And so finally, I, I don't even know how I got enough air in my lungs to be able to say I'm gay. And at first he was a little shocked. And then, um, and, and again, I am so grateful. And I think this really speaks to his character. The, the next thing he said to me is, wow, that must've been really hard for you. Yeah. I, I, he was like superhuman in that moment, 
but then reality hits too and i still recall him crumpling to the floor in a Mm. ball Mm. um and then i don't know if this was a blessing or a curse but a one of our customers saw my husband's car in the parking lot and he wanted to chat and so walked right into the bar and so i bolted out the back door and he just kind of pulled himself together to have Mm -hmm. the conversation and then i had to hop in my minivan and drive home and return to my kids like nothing had ever happened um that was really hard and we had we say that we talked more in our marriage after I came out and those few months between when I came out and then when we finally separated more, we had more conversations, more honest, real deep conversations we had in our almost 20 years together. Um, which again was like, it was kind of bittersweet. Um, but we talked about all of our options that we could have stayed together, um, that we could, separate down the road once the kids were in college what did we want to do and we both came to the conclusion that the thing that felt felt most right to us was that we begin the next stage of our lives now like we didn't want to wait till we were 50 to to try and start over um and we didn't want to be in a relationship where now we fundamentally knew what the underlying problem was that we had never put words to before. So he wasn't entirely surprised when I came out. I'll say oh, that. Like, really? Um, but uh, yeah, so it was hard. I mean, I, I, I feel for so many people who there are a lot more people who are coming out later in life now, now that we're having these conversations um, or even just in marital situations where they realize it's like this wasn't the right match this isn't we can't continue this as is um and it's hard it's hard to make those midlife major changes wow so i am divorced and um just that process is grueling i mean it's hard and so the fact that you did it and this is not me trying to be judgmental because who the crap am i but i feel like you did it the right way instead of starting a relationship with a woman in your in your marriage and then that would have been so traumatic for everyone and so you did it a great way of saying let me take time on this let me think about it let me process it and then you know for everybody's sake, but because you were having those health issues, you can't continue to live in something that's not the truth and just be so sick and not function. I mean, that's not fair to the kids or your ex-husband or you anyway either. So can you explain a little bit and then we'll ask about the kids. What is a craniosacral therapy session? I'm so glad you asked. Well, thank Um, you. Tell us. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, well, because craniosacral therapy, um, or I'll shorten it to CST just for conversation, but, Uh um, it is a, it's a very gentle light touch therapy that only uses about five grams of pressure. So the weight of a nickel, 
Um, so for me, I started as a licensed massage therapist and did deep tissue and neuromuscular work and then quickly realized how much that hurts. Yeah. Um, and what I loved about craniosacral therapy is that it wasn't fixing the problem or pain of the moment. It was working on the deeper issues, the kind of the root source. And so craniosacral work, um, it's done all over the body. The patients are, the clients are fully clothed. Um, they're usually face up on a massage therapy table. Um, and the therapist works all over the body, kind of listening to the body of where there are certain restrictions, whether those are physical restrictions, um, energetic restrictions, whatever. Now, just to back up and remind you, I was a CPA. I was an accountant. So to wrap my brain around the shit was like, yeah. I was like, there's no way this works. I mean, it took me a solid decade of being introduced to CST practitioners and having them work on me over and over again until I finally went like, okay, I don't get this. I don't know how it works, but this really works, that this is getting to deeper things that we just kind of shove down in there. Like yeah. we'll, deal, we'll deal with that little emotional bomb later. Um, <laughs> and so through craniosacral therapy um, and, and my, my children have had craniosacral therapy since in utero. Um, I, my cranial, my CST therapist, she worked on me while I was in labor with my son. Wow. It's, it's a beautiful and amazing and powerful therapy. Um, and it's nice because there are very few contraindications to it. Um, but I love the fact that it can reach that emotional layer because, and I don't know if you see this as a nurse, but like, sometimes it's not always the physical, like our right. life experiences, the, the environment that we're in memories, emotions all have an impact on our health. And I think too, masking speaks to that. Like the, yeah, absolutely. The health that comes along when you're masking or the health problems, um, it's more than just the physical body. So yeah. So cranial sacral therapy is very interesting, magical work. Um, if you go to upledger.com, you can find a therapist there worldwide. Um, but it's really powerful work at the same time though, I will say, and again, this is, this is in my book as well. I actually came out twice mm. in craniosacral therapy and the sessions were six years apart and with different therapists. And the first time the, the, the wild thing is they were both working on the same part of my body too. Um, but the first time I came out, um, I I didn't realize that the therapist was going to, I didn't know I was going to come out in that therapy session. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that the therapist was going to share their own personal beliefs in after the session. So I came in out in that session and I was feeling pretty good. Um, and I, in that session, I came out as bisexual because I still wasn't ready to fully admit that I was queer. I wasn't ready to give up my marriage, uh, or change my life, but I wanted to admit yeah. my queerness. And so bi felt like the most appropriate description for me at that time, we finished the session. And she said to me, 
you made a commitment to a man and you need to honor that commitment. Mm. And this is where perfectionist mode comes in that that was like the flip was the, the switch was flipped and I went, okay, I just, it's me. That's the problem. I need to work harder at my marriage. Um, and so I did for six more years. So, so in all therapies, you know, you can have really good, powerful experiences, but I don't want to, I also don't want to paint CST or any other therapy. Like this is the magical thing that will cure, cure you. But here's the thing. I don't feel like that they had a right to say that because now that I'm starting to get into coaching, I can have an opinion, but I can't tell you what to do. I can help you through things. I can now mine's not physical. I don't touch anybody, but we go through a lot of things deep down, have to dig into stuff that's really hard to talk about. But if you don't bring it to the service, you don't even know, like you said, you don't even know how much it's affecting you and it does affect your health. It affects everything. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but yeah, I talk about stuff and I might say, it would be helpful if, or I think you should write down your feeling or, you know, stuff like that. But I would not say you need to leave your husband, but not in your instance, but I'm just saying, say a person's being abused and because mine's on trauma. So if I say that I could word it differently, it might be helpful if blah, 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 you know what I'm saying? You leave the power and decision-making to them. Yes. It's not me. I'm not the one doing it. I'm not the one that lives that life or even knows the whole story. Cause there's like 50 sides to a story, right? So you can't, you can't really, that's just my opinion. I'm not judging that person. Well, kind of, maybe I am. I'm not trying to, (laughs) but what are you saying? Like, I don't think that was the right way to go about it. And then, but Again, maybe they were just trying to be helpful. I don't know. Right. So let me ask you before we go on, and I want to talk a little bit about the kids, but what happened to the business? Like, what did you guys do? Did he just keep it all or did you sell it or? So the business is still operating. Oh. Um, we, as we were going through our divorce process, and I don't think I went into the details of that very much, but we worked with a, a lawyer friend who kind of mediated our divorce oh. since we were on good terms and willing to talk through things. Divorce is so, so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even hard going the mediation route. I can't imagine for couples that have really contentious divorces, I can't imagine how hard that is. But even still, as we were going through, we realized that if we wanted, we, the kids were always top priority for us, try and maintain consistency for them, make sure they're okay we realized that it would be really hard for us to peacefully co-parent if we also had to run a business together. Right. And so, um, and, and honestly, our, our business was a bar. It was a craft beer bar. Uh, I'm actually not a beer drinker. I'm not supposed to drink beer. I don't do well with the gluten. Um, so, and it was always craft beer was his dream and his passion. And so I said, you know what? Okay. You take the business. And I will figure it out. And it's amazing how 
me just being more open to possibilities and understanding that I can't control the narrative. I can't control my story anymore and have it feel good. Um, I just kind of opened myself up to, okay, well, what can I do next? I've kind of worked in all fields. Do I be a trapeze lady now? I don't know what to do. (laughs) And, but I've always on the side, uh, have written for companies. So my words are on, um, the labels of a national kombucha brand and, um, all different. I got to write for the coolest clients and I didn't even have a business. I never advertised. It was just one client would talk to another and they're like, Jill just seems to get us. So try her out. She doesn't really do this for real. It's just like her fun writing hobby. Um, and it, and it grew. And it was like when I energetically let go of the bar business and said, okay, this is not me anymore. And that's okay. All of these writing clients started coming my way. Wow. I, I don't, I don't have any other way to explain it. It was like divine magic. It was beautiful. And so I, I, a few months later said, okay, well, I guess I'll turn this into a business. And so I started, my business is called Storyteller Soul. I'm not even sure why I named it that. I was like, this sounds very like woo hippy dippy for somebody (laughs) who's going to be writing blogs and brochures, but whatever. It was Storyteller Soul. Uh, Yeah. And then it just grew from there. And now I am so excited that I, my primary job now is as a storyteller for executives uh, with, I work with two major multinational companies and there are a lot of people out there who are fabulous leaders, but can't always put those words down on paper. And so I feel really grateful that I get to hear their stories and then translate it to the mission and vision of how they're trying to lead their organizations. Go figure. I don't know. I didn't even know that was a job. I'm like corporate storyteller. That's so fun. Wow. How cool. See, this is what I say. So like a lot of times, when we go through challenges or tough times or trauma or whatever, or grief or whatever you're going through, we release some creativity sometimes. Mm-hmm. Things that were, or we can do the opposite. We can push it down and, and bury it. Or like when COVID happened, so many people that didn't know they could do stuff started doing stuff, started oh, making yeah. soap, started mm-hmm. doing this, started a podcast, started, a, you know, and it's really cool because it's like it was a tough time. Like, how am I going to make money? What am I going to do uh, I, yeah. now? I'm stuck in a house. And and so hard times really like let you kind of think of, well, what am I? What am I capable of? Oh, I like art. Let me do this, you know. Right. And so just like if I never would have gotten divorced. So I moved from Ohio to Georgia and that's been hard on my kids and everything. But, mm. um, but I never would have gotten any, and any of the things I started last year, never would have, if I wouldn't have met the guy that I'm with now. Mm-hmm. And my, my ex was like, not supportive. Um, like it was just, I don't know. So I didn't have, I mean, I had two side businesses on the side and I like worked as a nurse and was taking them to sports and was doing all this stuff. And it was just like robot mode, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really happy doing any of the the stuff. And so, you know, I mean, 
until I started like thinking about all the things that I've been through, that's when I was like, oh, I always wanted to do this. And he said, well, try it. And I'm like, well, okay. What? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, I'm scared of talking to people. Here's the funny thing. My fear was public speaking so bad that I failed speech class. No. Yep. I wouldn't go up. I just refused to go up. So that's the thing. Like sometimes the hard times in life force you to be brave. They force you. Yeah. They force you to learn a different way and to adapt. And you're like, oh, well, okay. And that's a lot to do with having kids. Like if I didn't have kids, I don't know how I would have responded to things because I wouldn't have had that. Maybe I wouldn't have had the motivation to keep going for them because I wouldn't have them. But yeah. So speaking of kids now, how old were they when all this happened? And then how did they respond? Uh, I believe, and sorry, I kind of have the mem- memory of a goldfish here, but, uh, six and nine. Okay. And, um, it was interesting. We, I prepared a little speech because I didn't want to, I knew this, like, I think of the movie inside out where they have the core memories. I and I was <laughs> like, I was like, I'm creating a fucking core memory here. I can't screw this up. Mm. So I wanted to make sure that I, um, that I was thoughtful in what I was saying to them. And I, you know, my husband at the time and I chatted about what we wanted to tell them and how much, um, but we did make the decision that in telling them that we were getting a divorce, that we also had to tell them the reason why. Um, and so I asked my kids, uh, I said, do you know what a lesbian is? And my son who was six at the time, he said, what's a Lego bin. (laughs) And in my head, I'm like, well, baby, mama's going to Legoland and she ain't never coming back. But no, that's not what I said. That would have been, yeah, (laughs) that's a Lego bin. Um, and so, yeah, so I explained to them that, um, while I, had love for their dad in the same way that we love our other family members, the way that we love our friends. It wasn't the same type of love that a person has for their spouse or for their, their romantic partner. And that, that kind of love I had was for other women. They were completely unfazed by that. That was like, okay, great, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they were more concerned about the divorce and the details of the divorce. And right. so we had a talk as a family and like, well, what matters to you? Uh, how can we make this whole, this process is going to be hard. What can we do to help make it better? And so there were things like they wanted to make sure they had the same stuffed animal at each house. Perfect. Oh. We'll make it happen. Um, they wanted our first Christmas to still be uh, our first divorced Christmas to still be spent together. They wanted to open presents all together in the morning, which we came out to them like, oh gosh, I think it was like January 3rd. So, oh boy, the, a whole year. <laughs> right. So we're like, yep. Yeah. We will, we will make that happen. Even though, you know, for my ex husband and I, we had no idea what the year ahead was going to hold for us. Mm-hmm. But we did it. We had that first guy showed up at his door at 630 in the morning and the kids opened presents with both of us there. Um, 
and we did it. And then after that first year, they were okay saying, yeah, I'm okay having Christmas at dad's this year. I'm okay having Christmas with my mom this year. Um, so anyways, so I'm not saying it was easy for them. It, it was a lot of transition. It's change is always hard. Mm-hmm. We really, really, and again, I'm so grateful to my ex-husband for this is that we still kept them at the, the, as the goal. We were aligned in that, at least if we disagreed on anything else, whatever, but their well-being is what we really tried to make all our decision making on. Um, and again, too, like for neither of us having another partner at that time, it did make it easier. I don't, I don't judge people who come out because they meet someone else and they, they're like, oh, wow, that, that's how they figure out their attraction. There are tons of TikTok lesbians out there who watch the videos (laughs) and they're like, oh boy, I didn't even know this was a thing. Um, it happens. I mean, that's how, honestly, that's how a lot of people come out is they meet someone and they go, wow, that's the spark that I didn't know I could feel. Um, but for my situation, it was different. And so time was really a gift for us. And also it was kind of a curse because up until I did have a relationship, there was always the doubt in my mind of what if you're wrong? What if you made a mistake? What if you just blew up your whole life? over Aww. what came out in there, what you think is true. And maybe that's not your truth either. You start to doubt yourself a lot. And like, if you've been masking for a while, then it's like, well, how do I know who I really am? Yeah. So, but yeah, kids are doing great. We've actually had so many phenomenal discussions. Um, my son is in fourth grade and in his classroom, um, he came home one day and he's like, mom, there's a kid in my class. And he was calling kids gay. And Mm. it made, it made a girl cry. Um, and we're in Florida. So teachers don't discuss it much down here. Don't feel like they have the space to discuss it. So he came home and he said, so it is gay, a good thing or a bad thing. Cause it made the girl cry. And I said, well, honey, it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. It's like saying that you're left-handed or you're right-handed. Like, it's not like, yeah, there's a good one and there's the bad one. It's just some people are gay. Some people are straight. And he was like, oh, okay. And uh, I said, so what did you say when he said you were gay? He's like, well, and my son is on the spectrum and I love him for it. He has the best answers. He's like, well, I just said, well. I don't know if I am yet, but my mom sure is. <laughs> How cute. My mom, yeah, sure is. my mom sure is. And so I'm pretty sure that kind of shut down the conversation in the classroom. <laughs> and, and I love it because really, you know, for him and, and it's, it's just not a thing. It's like, okay. And my, my, um, my fiance, Jen, you know, we've been together for over three years now. Aww. Uh, he, both of my kids love her because she brings a whole new dimension to their lives and our family that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really beautiful to see her love and her style brought into their lives and how they just have that many more adults around them who love them and support them. And same with my ex-husband, he started dating again. I 
absolutely adore his girlfriend. Um, and she is such a beautiful light in the life of my children as well. Oh, so we're lucky. I mean, yeah, because it doesn't always go does not always work out that way. I know I'm painting like the Disney princess image of like lame life gayness here. But um, (laughs) but yeah, we just it's possible, though, too. I mean, and that's the thing is we hear so many queer stories of pain and hardship and the your dirty unicorns episode in your season one episode four i wrote it down because everyone needs to go back and listen to that one i love it and i love them they're great people yeah but there are that was a hard episode there are tears there it was gut-wrenching to hear their coming out stories and how they came out and how their families reacted and while these painful stories are true of nearly every queer person I've ever met, including myself, we haven't talked about, you know, that side of my coming out um, and what that did to f- my family and friendships. Um, but at the same time, too, I think it's really important to talk about the positives of I don't I don't know if we hear enough happy queer stories too. of like it does. It gets so much better. And you can have these beautiful occurrences. Um, your kids can have a richer life experience, even though you had to go through something really hard and something that society still doesn't really know what to do with right now. Yeah. So that just made me emotional because I was thinking about like flashing back to that episode. And um, I just want to say, though, this if you heard that episode, And I know I have some listeners that listen to every single episode. So they have heard that episode and they are fantastic. They are so happy. Their business is Uh booming. They have the best energy in the world. They give, they give the best hugs too. amazing hugs. But, um, and I'm excited because the farmer's market is opening like soon. So I get to see them again because I would go in their shop some, but they're actually doing a lot of things now. So their build their business is not just like fragrances and candles and stuff now they're doing makeup and he like literally got put on a board and met oh i need to check with him i need to text him but um so uh baz got put on a um a uh like a makeup guild board to like teach stuff and he just finished the awesome i know and so it's just so amazing to to hear that. I would have never yeah. known if I just said hi at a farmer's market and never talked right. to them and learned their life, but story. Yeah. So that's the whole thing about like being kind and like treating people with respect because you never, ever, ever know what they've gone through or what they're going through. Yeah. So to and- hear, yeah, but to hear them say those things and to see how they are and how happy it is possible, just like you're saying, uh, Jillian, it's possible to like eventually, even if you start off, unfortunately, and going through the horrible things or harassment or whatever, people are treating you bad or bullying or whatever that happens, which is so sad and it should never happen that way. But it's possible to live a happy life and to find that one that's that's right for you yeah and so it's just a beautiful thing um thank you for mentioning that because to update people and let them know like they're doing kick butt awesome and so 
you know, one of them changed their name because mm -hmm. they they just didn't feel like that was who they were is the name that they were given. And that's that's awesome thing of freedom. And they talked about the mask, too, and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. But no, they're great. I want a road trip up. I'm like, oh, it can't be that far away. I need to check. This no, out. we live um a little north of Atlanta. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'll be there soon. Um, yeah, come. Oh my gosh, it'll be so fun. I would love it. Okay. So um they are a hoot. I mean a hoot. They are yeah. so fun. They have the coolest friends. Their whole um like queer community. Right. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Am I yeah. allowed to say queer? Okay. You sure uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm saying something wrong. Um, but um, but yeah, their friends are amazing. Like they hang out yeah. at their booth with them sometimes. I met a lot of them, and they're just so fun and so supportive and like just have the best attitudes and and everything i just love their friends they're fun yeah anyway, no so. and you can get that energy through the episode and i think that's why i think sometimes people want to you know to your point if you don't hear someone's story it's very easy to paint a picture of what mm -hmm. you think things are like and when i decided to start writing my story at first it started as kind of therapy for me because life seems stranger than fiction but then I realized that there were so many misconceptions about the queer community and even e misconceptions that I had and internalized biases that I had mm -hmm. against the LGBTQ community. And so I was like, I need, I think we need to have this discussion. And I think people need to understand more of the coming out process and that it's not, people are not making this as just a, oh, I'm bored in life or, oh, I want to try this out. I mean, maybe somebody is, but you know, I can't, yeah, you never know. can't right. guarantee all results here, but, um, but there, there's so much more to everyone's story. And since sharing my own, I, as much as I do get some, I do get negativity. I do get people's fear that gets projected on me. Um, but I've gotten so much more love and I have so many more people who have opened up and poured their hearts out because Aww. now they feel safe. I think when you create spaces like this, like this podcast where people can share their stories, when we have memoirs that are deeply personal, it just creates this container of space where people realize that like, oh, maybe it is okay to be myself. And and I think what we're seeing too is the more people who open up and like uh, like Baz and Stoney in that episode, like when people are living as they're created to be, there's there's a light that comes from that. Like when you are feeling good in who you are, there's a light that comes from that. It's easier to love if you can love yourself. So yeah. I, I wish we could just get to the point where instead of being so wrapped up in the details and the choices of everyone, just why don't we all work together to make sure that everyone is just allowed to live the truest version of themselves. Um, but I know that's hard to do. Like this is very woo. Let's create a meme about it. But in real life, <laughs> it's like, okay. Right. How? But I yeah. think conversations are where this all starts. Absolutely. And just listening, like, Yes. Just listening to someone. And that's what I talked about on um the episode that just aired actually with Lulu. He's so cool. I love him. Uh, he's in the UK. And so 
I'm, he was very funny. Like, I did not know he was going to be that funny. But anyways, he's like some high up corporate guy that teaches other people in his businesses cross cultural intelligence. Mm. And so um, but that's what we talked about is communication and all these things. And he's like and he said, well, you don't have to be in different countries to in, to be able to, you know, implement that, which is true because he teaches like high up. I don't know, uh, say like CEOs or really high up managers or whatever to like enter globally or everywhere, like just to talk to different people to be um, understanding and blah, 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 whatever. And we talked about just listening, like that's the whole thing. And if you don't understand, clarify, if you don't agree with something, you don't always have to say it right in business, maybe, maybe in business, because it might not mesh, right? That makes sense. You don't want to do a bad partnership and your business go, but in relationships, you don't always have to say, Hey, your dress is ugly. Guess what? Who cares? You ain't wearing that dress, right? right. <laughs> it's not your dress. Who cares? You know, it's nice if you have a friend and you say, Oh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm weird. I don't, I don't think even if somebody thought my dress is ugly, I don't really want to tell them. I don't know. People right. do want you to tell them, but there's um, beneficial honesty yeah. of like the, oh, you have spinach in your teeth. Yeah, and then, that's good. Toilet paper but, on your, right. <laughs> on your but shoe. if I am feeling my outfit, which yeah. is usually sweatpants and a t shirt like I'm wearing right now. Yeah. Let Feel me it, be. Girl. Let me be. <laughs> right. So, okay. Now you talked about your memoir. You are literally like, I you I can tell that you host a podcast because you're just setting me up for everything. Like every time I'm about to ask something, you just bring it up. I'm like, this is smooth. I love it. So, <laughs> and I'm honest. Everybody knows that I'm honest. So I'm just going to say that love now. It. All right. How long did it take you to write perfectly queer? Perfectly and, queer. and then like, how did you accidentally get public? <laughs> like how did that <laughs> yes, happen? I am an accidental author. It's like, how did, yeah. So um, fun fact uh, today is actually the two year anniversary of when I made a YouTube video that oh, I posted. Wow. It was, it was my 40th birthday two years ago. Um, Yay. and yeah, this is the second anniversary of my 40th birthday. And, um, so I posted the video is it and your I, birthday today. It is. <gasps> yeah. This is how I wanted to spend my birthday. I love this stuff. I'm so honored. It's your birthday. I could have fake sang to you and made everybody throw up. No, but we'll save that for the, yeah, the after show. Um, but yeah, so I, I recorded this video and I said, I wrote a book and here's the first chapter. And I'd love to know what you think. The reality is I had no book. I had oh. like three chapters. It was my public coming out. Um, and also it was kind of me testing the water of, am I really a writer? Can I do this? Am I allowed to tell my story? The support was overwhelming from people. I just got the most beautiful letters from the people I would least expect it from. Wow. Um, and so that was kind of the fuel to my fire. Uh, and also, you know, now I was accountable to them that, okay, I have to make a book. But I did it. Because I'm also, um, like I said, undiagnosed ADHD and an Aries. And so at first I'll dive headfirst into things and then I burn out really fast. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a bunch of chapters um, and I joined uh, Hay House Publishing has a writer's community Awesome. that they open up once or twice a year. And so I signed up, I paid the 
$120 or whatever it was at the time. It's not a huge fee for the, for the whole year. And with being a member, they have a contest that you can submit your book proposal to. And so uh, in the summertime, that book proposal was due. And so I had started writing it and then I stopped and I started writing it and stopped because I was like, this isn't perfect. I can't do it. I don't know. I am super lucky that I work with a, um, a very direct life coach who calls me out on my shit all the time. Mm -hmm. Gina Giraldi. She is my hero. She recognized that I'm a perfectionist. And so she said, Jill, how's your book proposal going? And I said, it's not. And she said, well, why, why not? Are you trying for an A? And I said, of course I am. And she said, do you have time to write an A proposal? And I said, no, this is due like in a few days. And she said, okay, well, if you don't submit anything, you get an F. Right. So I'm going to need you to aim for a B minus. And she said, if you don't enter the contest, this will be the biggest mistake of your life. Truer words were never spoken. I entered that contest and I thought, you know what? This book proposal doesn't have a chance in hecking heck because Hay House, they do a lot of self-help books, but there's not a lot of memoirs in their library. Um, And although they have always supported queer creators, I didn't see any books in their library that were specifically LGBTQ subject matter. And again, it's a very challenging time for businesses to decide how vocal they want to be about their support, the LGBTQ. So I submitted it and I was like, there's no way this will ever happen. Two months later, I'm in a meeting um, with my children's homeschooling tutor. And I see a missed call pop up on my phone and I'm looking at the, like the voice to text thing. And it says, read Tracy from Hay House, blah, blah, blah. He's the CEO. I assumed that it was an auto bot message calling me to say your credit card has expired and we need you to, (laughs) I was so convinced that that was the case. So I, I sat through the rest of the meeting and then, um, got the voicemail and called the number back and, Reed Tracy, the CEO of Hay House Publishing, answered the phone and he said, you won. And I was like, won what? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, you won. Your book is going to be published. At the time, the title was a a chronic case of hetero. It was like a chronic case (laughs) of hetero has won. Um, I you know, I'm kind of like a fainting goat in that I don't recall what happened for the rest (laughs) of the conversation. I'm pretty sure I screamed in his ear. I hope I didn't cause hearing loss. Um, But yeah, he said that, that my book was the future of where Hay House wanted to go. And so all this time I was telling myself, they'll never publish it because this is not what they produce. Not even opening myself up to the fact that why couldn't this be the future of what they produce? Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was not creating the space for myself that they were creating. So I'm so grateful that I entered that contest. They've been an incredible publisher to work with. I'm totally an accidental author. I don't have a degree in writing or literature or anything. Uh, My grammar is horrible. I throw around commas like Oprah gives out cars. Oh my gosh, me too. My sentences are like 12 sentences long. Yeah, (laughs) I, um, you know, every step I don't have a, I didn't at the time have any sort of platform or followers. And so I created all these reasons why I shouldn't be an author. And yet here I am still. So yay! with the message to everyone that if you have a book within you, 
I, I really do. And again, I can't say like, yeah, just submit it to Hay House and you'll get published too. I'm really lucky that that happened, but there are so many ways that we can get our stories out there. Self-publishing is huge now. And I mean, there are so many big name authors that started out in self-publishing. Um, I think it's just really, there's something so satisfying and special about being able to birth a book into the world. Yeah. Like a, like a baby, but it doesn't stretch out your parts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please keep my parts not stretched. Um, I already am stretched, but that's from different things. Oh, uh, that's because I ate and I have a hiatal <laughs> hernia. True story. Uh, so anyway, okay. Now, really quick, because I know that you got to go scoot and bo boogie. Yep. Um, tell us what your podcast is called. That way we know about it really quick. Wonderful. Okay. So my podcast is called Life and Love in the Q. And that's just letter that's Q, so not cute. the Q-U-E, Q-U-E. Um, it's about the space in between. Like I said, my podcast co-host, she's a straight Mormon ally, mother of six with her PhD wow. in, in family identities. And she has a queer son. And Aww. so we have the coolest conversations. She puts science to my lived experience. And I think it's awesome. So that's, that's the podcast. And then I also have my website is queerabby.com, okay. um, which there's a blog on it. So if you're curious more about my backstory or um, people have submitted questions to me where we can have a really honest conversation about topics that are hard to talk about. Yeah. And then um, do you have any like social media or anything that you can? Yes. So I am a TikTok lesbian. Um, at, <laughs> at, there's never no heard of that before until today. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You're going to end up <laughs> until on your world. birthday. No, yes. I know. <laughs> hey. Um, so if you go to at Ask Queer Abby, that's my TikTok handle. And then on Instagram, I am Jillian Abby author. Why did I not make everything the same? I don't know. I just like to keep it interesting so you're spicy you're like I'm <laughs> so spicy. yeah I, oh my gosh I had like six Instagram handles at one point I'm like okay pick one and go with it so oh Jillian gosh. Abbey author queer Abbey ask queer Abbey I don't know just google me you'll find me yay all right well thank you so much this has been so awesome thank you for sharing your story and letting people know that you know don't be scared to be your true self and everybody goes through a different journey. It might turn out way better than you thought. And unfortunately, it, you know, might be the other way, but hopefully it goes well and you surround yourself around people that love you and that will accept you and then come out slowly. You don't have to just like tell everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, that's got to be overwhelming. So um, whatever you do that's right for you, just know that living your true happy self is what what it's all about not being in that mask you deserve to live freely and openly and happy so how awesome are you joe i thank you so much for thank you for spending your birth with us what i didn't know that um this is totally my pleasure this is like if I could so come fun. up with a way to spend my birthday, this is it. Aww, so I get to awesome. hang out with all these, with you and all these people. This is great. Thank you so much. And have a great day and have the, I'll, I'll ask you later what you did for your birthday, but have a great rest of the day Sounds and good. have a great 42nd birthday. Woo Thanks Danielle. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. I had no clue. It was her birthday. 
how cool is Joe? I love that story. And it really gives people hope that things can turn out good. And it's going to be rough, of course. It's not like everything was rainbows and unicorns. Um, When you have been with somebody for 20 years and all of a sudden you're telling them that news and your kids have to go through that. But it's just a, a beautiful thing that everything kind of just transitioned into each other and that they didn't have to fight over the business and everything like that. So I'm so glad that she came and shared with us on her birthday. What in the world? How awesome. So thank you all for listening. I love you guys. You are kick butt awesome. And um, I just really appreciate everybody coming and listening to me jibber jabber jibber jabber every week it's it's great and like i said i keep i'm going to keep saying it the um my new podcast will be out either the end of may or june so i will definitely announce it and let you know how to listen to that as well and then new things will come for this one as well so i'm really excited um again Thank you for being great. Thanks for being interested in all these awesome people that I'm speaking with. And thank you for not being judgmental. And thanks for never giving up, right? So that's what I talk about. Um, Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss, right? So keep on going. And I'm just glad she is living in her truth right now and not having to wear the mask and that comes with lots of stuff mental health stuff different relationships jobs I mean all kinds of things so try something new try something you've always wanted to do try to live your dreams out go for those things that you don't think is possible I mean some things are really like possible but you just don't know how to do them research look it up Write things down. Take your time. Make a plan. You can do it. I believe in you. Have a great day and see you and talk to you next Wednesday. Bye, guys. Happy birthday, Joe. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart. listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authentic points of view at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart